Welcome to Coffee Time Conversations on art, faith, life, and of course, coffee. We are your hosts, Robert and Rebecca Prince. Thank you so much for being here today. Well, today we have a special guest. Our friend Katie from Tennessee is joining us today. And so welcome, Katie. So good to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. We're excited to have you too. So this is our first in-studio guest. We've known each other for about three months, I guess, right? Yep, about that. Yeah. From, from Hope Writers. Yeah, uh, you've heard us talk about Hope Writers quite a bit on the show. And so Katie and I know each other from Hope Writers. We're in a Hope Circle together, which is just a, a smaller group of writers to kind of uh, help bounce ideas and um, hold each other accountable to some degree. Although at weeks, at times we still don't get much done. <laughs> Each week. We always get something done. We do get something done. And it's good talking to people every week. It feels like, for me, I don't know about for you, it'd be interesting to find out, just knowing that I'm going to be talking to somebody about writing and being able to focus on it in a little different way. So I don't know, does that affect you or what's the best part for you? Yeah. I mean, it forces you to have to think about it, even if Thursday morning rolls around before we talk Thursday night. It's like, okay, I at least need to think about something. Right. To bring to the table tonight. Yeah. Yeah. No, it keeps writing at the forefront of my mind, I guess, instead of going weeks where life just gets in the way. Yeah. And it feels like, and then three weeks later, you'd be like, oh yeah, I was supposed to do this. Or I told myself I would do this. I think that's what's, what I like most about it too, is just, it keeps it right there um, in the forefront. Yeah. Um, And also uh, with my wife, you know, keeps her kind of informed about what's going on uh, at times. (laughs) I'm I'm not sure how I got involved in this conversation. Well, <laughs> you are part of the podcast, that's how. I am, but I I really don't um have much to do with the Hope Writers or Hope Circle part. No, I know, but you're always in the house or in the next room or something like that. I so. do hear y'all talk. And you say I talk too loud, so <laughs> You're I've seen you in the shadows sometimes in our Zoom call, so That is true. You're I there. walk around now and then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now and then. Yeah. Oh, Occasionally. I, I brought him a book one time that y'all were talking about. Uh-huh. We saw on, your hand. On my said, thank you, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you were just in Texas and decided to drop into to Dallas and spend a couple of days with us. So we're honored to have you as a, as a guest. And yeah. I'm really glad it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. We had an experience yesterday. We took you to Summer Moon in Fort Worth, which is our favorite coffee we talk about so much. So we have to ask you just kind of your first impressions. I know you didn't get to try the, the coffee um, yesterday, but just your first impressions of Summer Moon. And yeah, Well, I had some of the coffee this morning. That's true. Too. Yes. yes. So yeah. um, it was good. What is in the moon milk? That's a good question. They won't tell you. Oh, okay. Yeah. We've heard half and half, or I've read, I should say, half and half sweetened condensed milk. But also spices like... Yeah. vanilla and other things, but they won't really tell you what's in it. Right. That makes so. sense. I could definitely sweeten condensed milk is definitely in it. I could taste that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Which it was good. I, I like sweetened condensed milk and coffee for a treat. Yeah. Yeah. My, I have a brother and sister-in-law that uh, use that every once in a while or used to use it quite a bit. I don't know how much they use it anymore, but I don't think we've ever tried it. Have we not just by itself? Yeah. Yeah. Or even with other things, but well, and so we should say, so uh, Rebecca and Katie both had the honeymoon latte hot. And so, which was the first time Rebecca had it hot as well. So what did you think, Rebecca? of the honey? It was really, really good. Um, 
a bunch of my honey was at the bottom, yeah. and so it was a little bit of a surprise at the end. Um, but overall, it was really tasty. No. Yeah. Honey is not something I would consider to put in coffee either. So I don't know. It was good. It was just different than what I would think to put in my coffee. Right. Well, and I do think it's different. Like, I use a wildflower honey for allergies. my allergies. And so it has the most pollens in it. That's why I use it. Um, I'm pretty sure they use clover honey at Summer Moon. Um, but there are distinct tastes to different honeys. And so. Because I drank some of that at the bottom of your cup. Uh, it definitely had a pretty strong, distinct taste Yes, uh, to help flavor it. So, And we both bought some coffee. We bought some more coffee because we run out of Velvet Blaze all the time. And then you bought Velvet Blaze to take home. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, and so we're drinking Sweet Hearth this morning. And so what do you think of the Sweet Hearth? It's good. It's more bold than I expected from what you how you described it yeah um but it's good it also could be just the difference in creamer so i typically use silk half and half which is half um i believe half cashew milk and half coconut milk and that so i think the coconut brings an added sweetness to Uh, it versus just regular half and half doesn't necessarily have that added sweetness to it sure um but yeah, it was really good. Plus, we have the Ninja Coffee Bar, which I think we've talked a little bit of on an episode that it tends to make it a little richer and um, bold. I think it's yeah, a little a bolder tasting, bolder than just a regular coffee pot. Mm-hmm. So that may be part of it as well. We used to have a Ninja. Okay. We don't use it anymore. Um, but yeah, we had a single serve Ninja. Okay. So. Yeah, I think you're right. It does make it bolder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, glad to hear um, that you enjoyed it, uh, at least to some degree, and didn't say, oh my gosh, it's the worst stuff ever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess we'll go ahead and get into this week's episode then. Okay, so, well, we've already talked that you and I know each other from Hope Riders. And so as a creative, of course, uh, we also found out uh, that you paint some. So just tell us a little bit about your creative life and what's, what that has looked like maybe over the course of your life or even the last few years. Yeah. So it's really been the last few years that I've gotten into that stuff. Um, the painting started, I was started going to paint nights um, just as part of self-care and something fun to do and get out of the house. And discovered I really enjoyed it. Um, And so I started, I was like, I can replicate this. I don't need to pay for a $50 paint night. I'll just find the pictures (laughs) online and do it myself. So uh, my son, six-year-old son, believes that I want to be an artist is what he says. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I really enjoy that. I do paint. We haven't talked about this. I do paint pottery occasionally. I don't do making the pottery itself okay. but i enjoy painting yeah pottery um and then they they fire it for they you they fire it yeah. for you okay. we have yeah. a few of those places around here also yeah um and then writing i've always enjoyed writing but i've never written for other people per se yeah. until very recently um i have started like three blogs over the course of my life probably and they last you know two posts and then it just kind of fizzles out (laughs) Um, but I have felt with 
the past few years and the things that I've gone through, I have more of a story that I want to share and reach out to people. And so blogging has kind of come up yeah. for that. So that's natural. where, yeah, that's where Hope Writers came into play. And yeah, I just jumped in. Well, so and I, and I don't remember the full story, so you'll have to reshare it, I guess. But it was just kind of a by accident or, or something you got into Hope Writers or discovered Hope Writers. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, so me and one of my girlfriends were going through The Next Right Thing together by oh, Emily. Yeah. Um, and I think I just got one of her emails because I had found her online since I was reading The Next Right Thing yeah. and listening to her podcast. And so I got one of her emails in my inbox when they opened up the Hope Writers doors a few months back. Yeah. And I didn't jump in for the full subscription. Yeah. But right after it expired, they ran a $1 for a week trial. Oh, right. And I was like, I can do a dollar. You know, that's easy. Um, not really knowing what I was getting. I mean, I had a little bit of an idea, but I was like, I just want to see. Because I had been talking about <clears throat> doing more writing. Yeah. Um, and jumped in and it was like, this is perfect. This will help me. I was really focused on how to create a writing routine. And of course, that's their stage one, you know? And yeah. So I that's what I needed. So I just kind of stuck with it, um, rearranged a couple of things in our budget to afford it, and was able to continue. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Actually, so about, I guess it was about a year ago, or maybe a year and a half ago now. Uh, yeah, they, they got me with the $1 trial. Um, and I, I think I just did that trial and decided it was great. I definitely wanted to do it at, at, at some t point, um, but it just wasn't the right time right then. And so I pulled back, but then I think I, I bought a course and started talking with one of the Hope Writers representatives and she really felt like a different course would be the best place for me to start for where I was in my journey. And so I ended up buying another course and they gave me a two month uh, trial membership, um, nice. which really sold me because by then I was like, okay, I really had a chance to get in and dig in to all that they have to offer and, and saw just how practical it was step by step. I mean, really it reminded me of uh, her book, the next right thing. It's like helping you step by step. Yeah. And so when they opened it up in September, which uh, I think is when you joined, yep. um, I was ready to pull the trigger at that point and just did the annual fee. Cause I knew monthly for me is a little easier to stop. Disen uh, to stop engaging with, you know, to disengage. So I went ahead and pulled the annual uh, membership on that. So you had to be committed. Part of that was for accountability with my wife too, because she would push me harder. I would. If you pay for a year, you better use a year. <laughs> <laughs> right? 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 Yeah. So, yeah. So he's stuck with it really good. Yeah. That's one of the things I love about the Hope Circle is that I stay engaged. And just hearing other people's story, even if it is just three or four people, um, it helps keep me encouraged and inspired to, to keep moving forward in my own journey. Yeah. So. Accountability is so important. Yeah. Well, so on the podcast, we've talked about creatives. We've talked about um, artists and writers. But really, all of that, whether you're painting or making pottery or writing, that's a creative outlet. And so growing up... Um, did you have 
Or do you remember any creative outlets like Rebecca talked about? She grew up in kind of a crafty family. They always did crafts all the time. Or um, Yeah, we didn't have that. My parents weren't super creative. Both of, okay, they weren't creative in the sense that I would label creative. Both of them were music majors. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So my dad played trombone. My mom played flute. Therefore, my sister played trombone and I played flute. Oh. <laughs> um, so we had that. Um, but that was more of an academic thing, I guess. That's why I wouldn't think of it as creative, because it was just something we did as part of our academics. Okay. There wasn't, we didn't grow up with craftiness. Neither of my parents, I think, would say that they do anything as far as like painting or yeah. anything like that. Um, it really, and I, I still hesitate to use the word painter for myself, right, but right. I do enjoy pegging of a brush and some paints and seeing what happens. Yeah. Well, and I think, uh, as you've heard us talk about on our episodes, I think for Rebecca, even calling herself as an artist, you probably called yourself a painter before you called yourself an artist, didn't you? Um, I think calling myself a painter and an artist kind of came together after the um, compassion portraits. Right. Like, Even during that, a lot of the times I didn't consider myself either. It was kind of towards the end of that. I was like, okay, so I have a series of 13 kids now and I'm officially a painter. I'm going to keep, I'm going to (laughs) keep painting because I've been enjoying this. And, um, I don't know. It kind of all came together. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, much like Rebecca uh, and I, I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast as far as calling myself a writer or an artist, even actually, <laughs> and that was a totally different conversations where evidently I still don't call, consider myself an artist uh, at times, but um, it has been easier to call myself a writer the last six months, probably from being um, in hope writers is a big part of that, but also attending some writing events through art house Dallas that we've talked about and things like that. And so is that ever something that you've, struggle with i mean you you talked about a painter earlier but yeah i don't i don't know that i've ever struggled with saying that i'm a writer i think the term artist brings to mind like somebody who does it and is well known and their work is out there yeah a certain level of success yeah yeah so i wouldn't I would have a really hard time putting that label to it. And the term painter just makes it sound like a job to me. (laughs) Right, right. And that's not at all what I want it to be. So um, I think writer, for some reason, doesn't bring the job relation to it. And I don't know, it has this like, this is my dream kind of feel to it. And so it's much more like... Yes, I want to call myself that. I want to fit into that. Um, But there is a level of, I don't necessarily tell other people if they ask me, what do you do? I don't say, I write. I say, well, I work at. And so it's just, I think it's different when you have a day job and this other thing. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I would too. Yeah. Generally, when people ask me, hey, what do you do? I don't tell them, you know, I'm an artist first. Not not to somebody I'm just meeting 
at a random occasion. Right. Yeah. And so I've heard a lot of discussion about that, about who you consider yourself to be. And we tie so much of value into, in conversation at least, into what we do for a vocation, for a paycheck, Mm -hmm. um, when really it could be so uh, little part of who we really are and who we want to be, right? Who we aspire to be. And so I think maybe what you were saying and what I, what is true for me as a writer, it's part aspirational also. I don't only do this, I do write, but I also want to be this. Um, and so I'm going to, to keep aspiring to write more and to gain more experience and to change subjects and um, expand my, not only my knowledge, but um, the, the way I write. And Yeah. Well, our culture has a great deal of success tied into your vocation for a paycheck. Right. So if it doesn't lead to payment, then that's not who you are. Sure. You can dabble in that for fun, but that's not who you are. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I think that's very damaging to our, our identities. Right. Sure. Yeah. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I, I I think, um, I think that, has started to change probably a little bit because you don't hear people talk about hobbies really anymore either, but like ceramics was a hobby. I don't know if I want to go there because it it still feels like a hobby actually. Um, But I I do feel like writing is something I pursue more than a hobby uh, now versus for a long time. I just pursued ceramics as a hobby, Uh, not even necessarily as a, as a creative outlet. Um, Well, pain for hope writers changes your mentality around writing immensely because you're now invested. It's not, yeah, I'll just write something when I feel inspired. Like you are pursuing something with that. Yeah. It may not be a full blown career, but yeah, I think that's a good point because when I paid for access to the studios at the university where Rebecca works, that I, I did have a different mentality with it. Or when I paid for lessons at Paseo Pottery, I also had a l- little different uh, attitude towards it, I guess. So hadn't really thought about it in that aspect. Well, good. Well, so talking about your writing, um, I know you've been doing a little writing on Advent uh, lately. And so our last episode was about Advent and our lack of knowledge <laughs> uh, towards Advent. And a, a, just a short previous conversation we had was that you kind of knew about Advent growing up and stuff. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? And what your experience has been. Yeah. I mean, I still really, you know, I don't know why Advent was part of our life growing up. Um, I have wondered if, I think my mom grew up in a more liturgical church when they attended church when she was growing up. So it's possible that's where it came from. And she just carried that. I'm not really sure. Um But I mean, I always knew what an Advent wreath was. I always knew what that season was. It wasn't something after I left my parents' house and was on my own that I really kept. Um, I'm still not a huge fan of Advent wreaths. (laughs) I just don't like the that as a centerpiece on my table, I think. Yeah. But I think it was because it was this thing that we just do. And, you know, as a kid, you're 
this is what you need to do and be part of the family and do this. And yeah. So I I was a little bit of a rebel at heart. So my <laughs> I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I was forced to do it. I don't want to do it. And but we always thought about that time leading up to Christmas and you know what it was like for Mary and Joseph, what it was like for the shepherds when the angels came to them. Um this year in writing this advent, I've done a lot more like digging into the history of advent and where it came from. Yeah. Because of course I feel like in the secular culture you say advent and people are like, "Oh yeah, the little countdown boxes that we do with our kids." And <laughs> that's not what advent is. And yeah. um I listened to the Lazy Genius with Tish Oxenwriter's yeah. interview and I really liked the way she put it that this is a season in and of itself and then we have Christmas. Right. So this year in writing this, I intended for it to be just scripture writing, um, scriptures about specifically the Christmas story. It's been a lot more digging into the themes. So the traditional four themes of Advent are, I don't know how shadow and light breaks it down, but the traditional themes that I've found are hope, preparation, joy, and love. And in focusing on joy this week, my scriptures have been the Christmas story because we see joy in Elizabeth and Mary and the shepherds and the wise men as they're all announced to the birth of Christ. But hope and uh, preparation were much more script, some scriptures from the old Testament and new Testament, but not necessarily the Christmas story. Um, And I think it ties in our whole story as Christians um, into the birth of Christ. You know, we're not just celebrating his coming as a baby. We're celebrating what that means for who we are. And now we have the second coming to look forward to. Um, But even you look at some of the Psalms and the hope that David had before he even knew who Jesus was, you know, they had prophecies, but they didn't know the full effect of that. Um, But the hope that they have was so much stronger than what we carry because we know the full story yeah, and sure. yet it's still a struggle sometimes to remember that full story. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and so <laughs> you mentioned Advent wreaths and I'll, I'll just admit something really f- funny. So Advent wreaths, I'm the first time I heard about them or read about them, all I could think of is like, how are you going to put candles on a wreath and not have the wreath burn up? <laughs> Because all I could think about, all my experience was just traditional wreaths hanging on a door, you know, and I'm like, that, that seems so silly. How in the heck is that ever going to happen? And so when I started, of course, I Googled them and started really uh, looking at them a little bit more. Uh, of course, I realized that's not at all what it is, but, um, you know, and, and we don't actually have a wreath. Um, we've just kind of done our own thing. And I, I think that's one thing that I like about Tish's book um, and that. Uh, episode of The Lazy Genius you talked about, uh, where she interviewed Tish. It's not the set of to-dos 
that we must follow for us to practice or celebrate Advent, which well, we'll talk about that in just a second. I have a question about that, but um, it it's something we can pick and choose how we want to walk um, and celebrate Advent in anticipation of Christ's coming, right? And so I really like that part of it, that it's not do A, B, C, D, and E. Um, it's pick out some of the parts that help you reflect and prepare the best. Um, and in one season of life, it may be one thing. And in the current season with Rebecca and I, it may be everything in the book. And so we're practicing, like we said last episode, we're doing just about everything Trish says. And we're looking at a piece of art and reflecting on it. And we're listening to a song and we're reading a scripture and lighting the candles. And we're journaling. And journaling. <laughs> yeah. And so it's been a really great experience. We're almost three full weeks in. Actually, tomorrow will be the third full week. And so we've really enjoyed it as a as a time of slowing down. Of course, with 2020, it's already been a a time of slowness because everybody's stuck inside and so many events have been canceled, but we're finding it's not o- only a time of slowing down really more mentally and even spiritually to really absorb more of. It's really being intentional um, in yeah. paying attention to what this is all about. Mm-hmm. It's just intentionality um, and giving some space and, um, presence to the meaning behind uh, the season in life. Yeah. Well, and I think we get so caught up in Christmas. You know, a couple years ago, I remember we got through Christmas and I was like, we cannot say yes to all of that stuff anymore. Right. Like, that is too much. But in October, when everybody starts making plans who's going where what family are you visiting and how are we doing gift exchanges it's really easy to say yes to all of it and then you get through december and i regret all of my yeses (laughs) (laughs) right Um, and so i think it's really important to slow down and remember it's not about the best present it's not about you know do you have the perfect lights? It's it's not about any of that. But if we don't slow down, it's so easy to get caught up in the consumerism and right. what Christmas has become. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think that's been one of the best parts for us. Um, it's just the, the intentionality, like, like Rebecca said. So, well, so the question I had that I referred to a moment ago is... And I think I even referred to this in the last episode is practicing Advent, celebrating Advent. What, how do you talk about it? I would uh, use the word practicing. Yeah. Okay. Personally. Because it's a liturgical practice. Yeah. That's, it yeah. is a practice. Um, you know, I think of Christmas as the celebration that comes after. Yeah. Um, so you're practicing leading up to that celebration. Sure. That's the term I would use. I don't know if it's official. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, it's great to get another view because uh, we've gone back and forth just talking personally, even and when we have conversations with friends or whatever. It just feels like a practice, I think. Yeah. Versus a celebration. Yeah. And I also thought when you were talking about Tish's interview, she talked about um, her kids and how she involves them and how you can involve kids or not involve kids. Or I really... You know, I talked a little bit about how I felt like it was 
we have to do this thing. And so I didn't for the longest time after I was out of my parents' house. And I appreciated her perspective on include them if they want to be included, but it's not something that you have to make them do, or maybe they only listen to the song. Um, With my son, since I have a spiritually mismatched marriage, I never want him to feel like I'm forcing him to do any of the spiritual practices. Right. Now, that doesn't mean I get frustrated when he doesn't want to do something I want him to do, (laughs) but it goes such a long way to say to a kid, okay, that's fine. Well, mommy's going to go do it. And if you want to join, then you can, you know, and kids are curious. They'll ask if they know that you're doing something, they'll ask to do it. He started, um, our drive to school is like a 30 minute long drive. So it's our audiobook podcast time. We listen to y'all on Wednesday mornings. Um, (laughs) So he knows all about us too. Yes. Yes. Um, and there was one morning I just was really like, I just, I need more Bible time. So can we listen to the Bible? But instead of whatever, I think we were going through the Chronicles of Narnia and he didn't want to, of course. Um, He actually asked to listen to another podcast that morning. Then ever since then, uh, we've put the Bible on and he asks every morning, can we put the, he calls it the Bible podcast. (laughs) It's just you version. (laughs) Can we put the Bible podcast on? So we've been listening to the gospels, but it's nothing that I set up and forced him to, to do, but he wants to engage in that because he's seen me do it. Right. Well, and I, I think that goes back to the old adage, so much more is caught than taught. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's great. Well, one of the things that we've talked about, you know, you, you just mentioned um, being a spiritually mismatched wife. So we're going to have you back on in a couple of weeks to talk more about the mismatched wife and uh, how your experience going through that mm-hmm. and going through um, all that you've gone through with that. And of course, raising a son in that marriage as well. So, well, before we leave, um, just one last kind of thought about Christmas. It's, uh about a week before Christmas, uh, is there any traditions that you have um, now that you just love or maybe something you grew up with that you kind of miss and you haven't reinstituted in, in kind of your your grown-up life, your adult life, if you will? Yeah. So one more like very practical, and I kind of mentioned it a couple of years ago, we regretted all of our yeses. So um, at the end of holiday seasons, Um, we like to, and it's kind of an Emily P. Freeman practice, but sit down and think about what did we say yes to? What did we say no to? Do we want to say yes to this next October when everybody starts planning again? (laughs) (laughs) Or do we want to wait and not? Um, And that just helps, you know, what worked, what didn't work. How can we keep the season less stressful for all of us? And, And this year, even, we kind of talked about it with COVID causing all things to be different this year, we right. had my parents come in for Thanksmas. And so we did it all in one week. Okay. Um, and so I sat both my husband and my kiddo down and said, what is the one thing about Thanksgiving that you cannot miss? 
And what's the one thing about Christmas that you cannot miss? And is there anything about those two holidays you want to drop this year? Um, Just to make sure, since we were cramming it all into one week, it wasn't going to look the same. Yes. Um, But what's the one thing that they needed for it to feel like Christmas, even though it was November? Right, right. So um, just really intentionally thinking about those things. And then a fun tradition we do is we have one of the little countdown advent calendars. <laughs> um, and it's it's actually a truck that has little drawers that pull out for each day. Mm-hmm. And um, having a boy, we're big into Legos. So we get a different Lego, like Christmas-themed Lego set every year, and I split it up into each of the drawers. And so throughout December, he counts down to Christmas by adding to his Lego build. And, you know, I think the first year was um, a Christmas train. The second year was a Santa. Um, This year we did a turkey the week that my parents were in town for Thanksgiving. And then we did in December, it was like a couple of little elves. So, and they're just little, like they're kind of like, you know, the Christmas villages that people will decorate their house with. That's kind of my hope is that it's something that he can keep all throughout his life and set up to decorate in the future. So it's different and fun and not sugar. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, it's great. And, it sounds really cool. Well, this has been really fun. I'm so glad you're here. And of course, we're going to spend a little more time together, but so glad you joined us on the podcast this week as well. Yeah. Go ahead and tell people where they connect with you if um, they're interested in finding out more about you and whether that's social media, your website, what's the best yeah. place? Um, I'm horrible at social media, but you can find me on there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just at Katie Arthur on Facebook. Um, I prob I have an Instagram account. I think it's K Arthur. To be honest, I'm never on it. So, um, the best place would be Katie Arthur on Facebook or themismatchedwife.com is my blog. Yeah, great, very good. So, thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thanks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So we hope you will join us again next week for another episode of Coffee Time Conversations. Thank you so much for being here. Have a good week and Merry Christmas. Bye.